You have just downloaded the Barbecue Central show, which airs live every Tuesday from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central show is brought to you by Sucklebusters. You can find them at sucklebusters.com. Also by the Barbecue Guru, creators of automatic pit temperature control technology. They can be found at the BBQ guru.com or call them 800-288-GURU and by the CHOPS Power Injector System the 2015 Barbecue Tool of the Year at the NBBQA find them at barbecuekansascity.com and by Butcher Barbecue from injections to rubs to sauces always trust your butcher at butcherbbq.com and by Big Papa Smokers, your one-stop online shop for everything and anything that has to do with barbecue. Their website is BigPapaSmokers.com. And by Cook Shack Pellet and Electric Grills. Visit them at PelletCooker.com or CookShack.com or call them 800-423-0698. And by the Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour. 31 cities, 500000 in cash to be won. Find out more at kcbs.us slash samstour. And by Cookin' Pellets, you can buy Cookin' Pellets at cookinpellets.com. You can also visit amazon.com to purchase as well. And by Green Mountain Grills, some of the best pellet grills on the market today. You can visit them at greenmountaingrills.com. And by iGrill. The Bluetooth grilling thermometer that allows you to monitor temperatures from 150 feet away. Use promo code CENTRAL for 15% off your purchase at iDevicesInc.com. This is Jim Minion from Two Loose Screws. I'm listening to Barbecue Central. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. That's right. It's the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. We broadcast live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday. You want to jump in on the show tonight? More than happy to have you. 216-220-0966. You can also email the show. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, the BBQ Central Show.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter coming up in about, oh, 13 minutes from now. The second Tuesday of the month guest, creator of the most prolific barbecue and grilling website out there on the face of the earth, Meathead Goldwyn from AmazingRibs.com. He'll take up the first hour. That's right. That's what he does. 
Then we'll move to the second hour. At 10.14, we continue the Let's Interview Pitmasters stuff that we've been doing here over the last number of weeks. Dare I say at this point, last number of months. Uh, coming up again with Can Smoker Talk. Uh, this guy out of the mile-high city. Well, I don't know if he's technically Denver or not, but definitely Colorado. Uh, it is Noah Glanville Pit Barrel Cooker. It was Gateway Drum last week. It is Pit Barrel tonight, so look forward to that. If you've been wondering what that cooker's all about, I have the inside scoop for you. And at 10.35, well, this is where it gets, let's say, a little dicey. The World Food Championships is concluding, and I don't know exactly where it sits at present time. If final awards have been handed down yet or things of this nature, from all accounts, there was no live broadcast preceding me at the World Food Championships, that being Whiskey Bent Barbecue in the Pit. I believe they were back in HQ. So the Smoking Hills won the barbecue portion. Jim Elser did not repeat. However, the American Royal Invitational winners did take World Food Championship Barbecue Honors. They're hitting the last table along with eight other people tonight. I don't know exactly when that's going to finish. So in a potential, what do you call that thing? Contingency plan. I reached out to Daniel Bennett and said, hey, if I can't get, Lauren Hill, can you come on? And, 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 of course, you know, she's a judge at the final. So we're going to have to see how it goes. 1035 could be open. At worst case scenario, it could be open. Or we could have a World Food Championship overall champion. We could have a World Food Championship. They won the whole thing. Holy moly. Breaking. Hold on a second here, folks. A Barbecue Central Show exclusive news update. Uh, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Greg Rempe reporting from the breaking news desk here in Cleveland, Ohio, Barbecue Central Radio Network's headquarters. And I have it on good authority that the winner of the World Food Championships is the Smoking Hills. I mean, is there any way I can get Lauren Hill? Is anybody there on location that can put a phone in front of him at 1035 and say, do a couple minutes with Rampy? Come on. I mean, what are we talking about here? Maybe at the top of the second hour, I have to run upstairs and get my cellular device. See if I can't reach out. Or maybe we can get uh, Danielle Bennett and uh, get her take. We'll see what happens. That's what's happening tonight. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Let me repeat from last week because I've gotten a number of responses. Uh, next season, I'm going to be snagging two teams and follow them during all of their contests. We're going to have them on about twice a month and go over everything. And I mean everything within their particular situation. It's going to delve into the competition stuff. It's going to delve into the personal stuff. 
It is the TMZ of uh, barbecue, okay? It's an insider's look. I mean, you know, we could have a married couple uh, at the beginning of the season, and we could have uh, the former uh, couple at the end of this. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? If you're a team that is interested, I need one team that's going to be doing, you know, that team of the year number of competitions, the 30-plus range. Uh, also looking for a team that might be in that, oh, let's call it 15 to 20 contests during the course of a season. Again, please understand this show is not financially sponsoring anybody if you're picked to be on the show. But one possibly could not put on a big enough price tag to be a regular on the show here. Stand by. Love you. One couldn't possibly put a big enough price tag on what it would mean to a team to be on here twice a month talking about their particular competition situation. So if you are interested, if you're in that wheelhouse, and I've gotten a lot of other comments about how I should you know, look at a team doing 5 or 10, and you know, I get it. But this is the threshold that I'm looking at, and uh, this will also help me weed out a bunch of uh, people. Also... You know, as much as I need the two teams to be super willing to give up each and every bit of information about themselves, if at all possible, please have a winning personality and talk with robustness and vim and vigor. Kind of how I've come across, you know, sell it for me, man. Sell it. So if you are interested, if you're going to be doing 30 plus, if you're going to be doing 15 to 20, Hit me up, Greg, at the BBQCentralShow.com, and I will put your name in the hat, and we'll announce the two teams that we will be following here, and by we, I mean me. All next season will be announced on this show prior to the end of the year. Now, here's a programming note for those of you that like to listen live. And for the folks that listen live, please understand that I try and treat you a little bit better than the people on the podcast. That's why I always make things available for free to you first. Contests. Remember a couple of weeks ago, we gave away a friggin' Snake River Farms Brisket for free? Because you listened live. I mean, that was my reward to you. Of course, my reward to you made possible by uh, uh, Anella Kelso, of course. How, nonetheless, it was me giving to you. We're going to do it again. Not brisket this time, but uh, a sponsor of the show nonetheless. iGrill starting Black Friday, which is like in two weeks' time-ish. We're going to be giving away an iGrill 2 from now, then, from then. Uh, so that would be uh, the very, f- is that the first week in December then? So pretty much through the month of December, we're going to be giving away I grill twos for you. So if you need a last minute gift, if you've always wanted an I grill two, if you always want to try one, you you have the opportunity to win it three times during the course of the month. So between Black Friday and Christmas, we'll be doing I grill giveaways on this show. Again, you'll need to tune in live, live. I'm not sure exactly what. We might revive the old uh, winery or rehab. 
Or we might revive the old cheese or font. Or we might revive the ever-fashionable and always popular sports star or porn star. By the way, I'm just getting this breaking news in as well. Uh, If you're a fan of Snake River Farms, you know they never do brisket sales. However, tomorrow they launch 15% off Snake River Farm briskets for three days only. Three days only. I don't know if there's any code or anything like that, but starting tomorrow and for three days after that, you get 15% off your Snake River Farm briskets. No code needed. Good. However, in the comments section, mention Barbecue Central Show that you heard it here. That way they can track their millions. Meathead coming up out of the break. Stay tuned for that. I'm going to tell you about Butcher Barbecue. That's right. The easiest way to make your barbecue tremendous, delicious, outrageous, and moniferous. It's a word I just made up. Look, we all know Butcher's is well-known for the injections, the bird boosters, all that good stuff. You know about the rubs now, the honey rub, the steak and brisket rub, all that good stuff. You know about the sweet barbecue sauce, which I love and adore to no end. I love it. It's one of my favorite sauces out there right now. You know you don't have to worry about breaking the bank on shipping anything Any orders over $200 ships for free, so that's what I highly encourage the most. You want to try everything. But here are two things that I do want to mention. Number one, if you haven't tried them yet, make sure you try the grilling oils. Holy moly. Come on now. Try the butter just for fun. Try the steakhouse on steak or burgers while you're cooking them to keep them moist and juicy. Layers of flavor. How about Chipotle for a little... uh, Latino heat, if you know what I mean. Grilling oil is the best. Plus, don't forget the trade-in program. That's still going on as well. If you bought a crappy injection from somebody else, commercially made, Dave is going to help you take care of your beef injection blues, for crying out loud. Wow. Diane Mee in the chat room is giving all of the recap of the World Food Championship's final table. Thank you, Diane. They're wonderful. Uh, ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com. All Butcher. You are listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Networks. We're going to be back with Meathead Goldwyn. We're going to be talking some who is who, fooling who, some turkey, some muffins. I mean, who knows what we're going to talk about? You never know with me and Meathead, by the way. The studio is well under construction, but they've made so much progress here in the last two days. I was able to hang a scantily clad green screen up. You don't know the difference. I'm good. And we're back right after this. Stick around. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. 
All right, welcome back. This portion of the Barbecue Central show is being brought to you by Green Mountain Grills, manufacturers of some of the best pellet cookers on the market today. If you're looking for a big cooker to house a lot of food, like a bunch of turkeys for the impending holiday, they got one for you. If you're looking for medium size, they got you covered. Something to take on the tailgates. Yeah, they got you covered there, too. Don't forget, they can supply you with pellets to fire those cookers. Check them out online. GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. I love mine. You could love yours as well. Joining me now, the creator of the most prolific barbecue and grilling website on the face of the earth today, it is nonetheless Meathead Goldwood. Meathead! Look at you. You are a, uh, you're a turkey. And I can. Oh, hold on a second. I can barely hear you, Meathead. You can barely hear me? Oh. Oh. Okay, there we go. I got you. There you go. All right. Now, I was saying hello, Centralites, and hello, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Barbecue Man. We've made it! Meathead, the, uh, the studio is in uh, crazy disarray. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to peel back the, uh, the curtain for you real quick. Look, Show me the. There's. Oh wait. Oh, I, I forgot. I've. I totally got the the green screen up there. So you can't. You, <laughs> yeah. You can't see all of the the studs and the you know the walls that are going to be up. I mean, I'm telling you, it's uh, it's crazy stuff going Last on right month now. It was like I was in NFL headquarters. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I lost one of my lights, so I don't have the proper lighting to do the. Uh, this is probably the one you were. This is the one you're probably talking about here, right? And that's close. That's it. That's, I think that's the one. Yeah. Yeah, but this is see, cool, man. Do you see all the the noise around me here? You probably can't see that, but yeah, I mean, there's a little noise yeah, there. Oh, on the I, I, if if I can't get the lighting right, I don't want any part of it. So we'll go back to the uh, the the video screen like we have here tonight. Anyway, uh, Meathead Goldwyn joins us for the second Tuesday of the month. Each and every second Tuesday of the month, we do a very informative two segments for your entertainment and educational pleasure. And tonight we have a number of things to get to, and we'll see what we can uh, press out here over the course of two segments, uh, Meathead. Uh, not the least of which is who is who kidding? A little play on who words there. Kidding? Right. Who, of yeah. course, is the World Health Organization or something like that? Yeah. You know, I, I'm not a scientist, but I play one on the Internet. And um, I read their paper. I mean, there were a lot of press reports and predictably the press got it wrong. Um, I'm going to try to be fair and balanced here. Let's uh Meathead, I don't want to uh, I don't want to scare you, but you have a cock on your head. <laughs> don't choke that thing. Watch out. What do we do? <laughs> this is a family. It's a family show. Okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You were saying. Um the World Health Organization is a pretty impressive or august body, and they do some pretty impressive research and science, but they kind of screwed up on this one. They got some of it right. They got some of it wrong, um, and what was really the problem is the press got it really wrong. Um, everybody out there knows that uh, two weeks ago, the World Health Organization put out a research paper saying that processed meats and red meats are probable causes of cancer. And um, there were some serious problems. First of all, the 
level they started with 800 research papers and whittled them down to about 30 that they thought were really good and about half of them were related to red meat and half of them were related to processed meat and they found what they thought was a pretty clear connection between um, uh, an increase in colorectal cancer and processed meats an 18 percent increase well they didn't say what the actual risk is. If you do the research, you go to the Centers for Disease Control, you find out that over your lifetime, there's a 5% risk. So an 80% increase, you're somewhere under 6% risk. It's a fairly small increase if you eat 50 grams of processed meats a day, which is a little less than two strips of bacon. So if you have bacon for breakfast every day, your risk goes from five to six percent. Um, colorectal cancer is nothing to sneer at, yeah. but it is, if caught early, fairly easy to control. It's rarely fatal. And what really could have been said was, is if you get a colonoscopy regularly, especially when you reach a certain age, your risk is really low. Um, so the connection between processed meat and um, uh, cancer may be there, but one of the things they said was they put it in a category, group one, which is the same category that arsenic is in and uh, uh, asbestos and uh, cigarettes, and that just means that it's likely to be a cancer cause. It doesn't mean that the cancer risk is the same and they never addressed risk anywhere in this paper and it that's a bit shocking because the purpose of the world health organization in many ways is to educate us as to what is risky and what isn't and they never really address the risk the the other big flaw in this paper was is they lumped red meat and processed meats in the same paper and their research papers that they used for that, that this this result was um, that the connection between red meat and cancer was much less than the connection between processed meat and cancer. And all the way through the document, it says, eh, I don't think so, maybe not. And in fact, the majority of the papers they researched showed there was no connection but they still came out with, eh, it's a possibility, and they lumped it in the same paper. They should have been separate papers. They should have been separate documents. Um, uh, and, and bottom line is, is that there are just so many other potential causes here. They call them cock, the, uh, there just so much is on my mind here. This is all based on what they call epidemiological research which is they ask people to keep a diary of everything they eat. And then they study the diary and they ask people to give them their medical records and they study the medical records. Well, people lie and they forget, you know, when they had two donuts and they wrote down only one because, you know, they feel guilty and they forget what they had for breakfast and maybe they didn't put in today's, um, what they had for food today. And so really iffy method of research. It's not the same as if you go into a laboratory 
uh, with a chemistry set or um, uh, and do physics research. Hey, Greg, the screen just went blank. Yeah, Am I, I still with you? Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's it's not the same. And I mean, you know, chemistry research is lab research is rock solid. It's it's gold standard. You have a test group, you have uh, an experimental group, and you have a control. And when you're done, you have data that really means something. This is really iffy stuff, epidemiological studies. And I've written about this. I have a couple of pages on the subject about how to understand epidemiological uh, studies. They're useful, but basically what they tell you is more research is needed. And that's what really is the message here. Um, so so why, one bother, of the things that, why bother putting out a paper then? If more research is inevitably going to be necessary or if they could have divided these two things up, is this just a matter of the fact that something seems to be a little bit more sexy, so instead of dividing the papers, we're going to leave other stuff in and we'll see if people should decipher whether or not they should be independent or not and there's cancer. I mean, because you can get cancer from breathing air too, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, one of the one of the the, the story, what the great example I always try to give when we talk about epidemiological research is there's really good data that shows that that people who watch television are more likely, a lot of television are more likely to be, be obese than people who don't. So the conclusion must be that there's something coming out of the television set. There's radiation or or electromagnetic waves that causes obesity. So televisions are the cause of obesity. I mean, that's the wrong conclusion, obviously. It's likely the people who watch television are sedentary, they eat snacks, but you make the connection between, the, between um, correlation and causation. Yeah. Correlation is not causation. Um, watching TV doesn't cause obesity. It's activities around it. I mean, one of the confound they call them confounders. These are other factors that um, could be throwing the data off. One of the confounders is there's really good research that shows that a lot of vegetables uh, are cancer fighters. So people who eat a lot of processed meat might not be eating all their vegetables. So is it that the bullet is being shot at them? Or they're not wearing the bulletproof vest. Or could I deduce that I can eat all the processed meat I want as long as I'm also eating a triple helping of vegetables and I'm canceling the whole thing out and I'm, I'm living a wonderful life? And that might be um, possible, and that needs to be looked at. That You sent to me a link I hadn't seen yet today. I've since had it sent to me by several other people yes. about another research paper at the University of Texas, of all places. Um, linking kidney cancer with grilled and barbecued meats. Um, this is a link between HCAs and PAHs, which are two compounds which come from really high temperature cooking, which they always complain about uh, for barbecue. But frying creates PAHs and creates the same carcinogens. High temperature cooking creates them. So they didn't inspect that. And they did state in the paper that people who ate a lot of grilled and barbecued meats weren't eating as much vegetables and fruits as the study group. So there may be a link, there may be a connection. I think, 
as I've re- as I studied it, that the connection between red meats and cancer, it seems like it's really iffy. And they say in the paper, it's really iffy. We really don't have enough data. And then somehow or other they leaked. Oh, another factor that's important. 22 scientists from 10 countries, seven of them abstained or uh, disagreed. Usually these panels, when they get together and before they issue a statement, they work toward consensus. It's unusual to see one third of the panel disagree and still a sweeping paper comes out of it. So I think the message is what mama told you and what everybody's always told you. Moderation. Right. Red meat. Just don't eat a slab of bacon with every meal. Don't go crazy over processed meats. You can have Cheetos. You're not going to die. Something else that I, you know, I sat down and I did the math. The average life expectancy of an American now is nine years. That's over 80,000 meals. 80,000 meals. Nothing. Wow. What is it going to hurt if you eat a bag of Cheetos? What is it going to hurt if you have a Reuben sandwich? It's just not going to hurt you. Here's what I've always been told, and I'm a firm believer in it, Meathead. If nothing else gets you, cancer will. Think about it. If nothing else gets you, cancer is going to get you. So just, you know, if, if it's inevitable, just lay back and enjoy it. That's what I say, right? Come on, bring well, it I up. Think if nothing else gets you, anxiety over what you eat is going to get you. What this stuff is always doing is it's creating a, a, a population that's afraid of food. And food is pleasure. I mean, there's only one thing more pleasurable. All right. Drum roll. What is that? I forget. I'm 66 years old. All right. Nevertheless, uh, Meathead Goldwyn joining us here on the show. AmazingRibs.com is his website. On the Twitter, at RibGuy. So if you uh, do the, the Twitter thing, you can hit Meathead up, and he's more than happy to get back and, and retweet you or at tweet you or favorite you or whatever the hell they're doing it on the Twitter. Uh, Beathead, let's talk a, a little bit. we got five minutes here before the first break, and then we get into the second segment. Uh, you would know that in a couple weeks we have the impending Thanksgiving Day, and we know how much you love Thanksgiving and how truly American it is. And uh, I love Thanksgiving for the fact that it seems like it's one of the only major holidays that has uh, staved away from a tremendous amount of commercialization. You don't see a lot of commercials about it on TV, and you don't really hear too much about it on the radio. It's kind of one that has remained our own, and I think we both agree on that. But inevitably, we talk about at this time of the year how people just don't do a lot of turkeys. Everybody that I know isn't showing pictures over the weekend of, here's a turkey that I cooked again versus the steaks or the ribs or the chickens or whatever. And the tur- I just don't see turkey in that kind of frequency. What the hell? Turkey's delicious. I, you know, I... I- Jumping all around here on several points that you yeah. touched on. Go ahead. Things we have discussed in the past yeah. is, is I, and I might as well jump into it now if there's a moment, and yeah. that is I think it's so cool that so many people in this country from all over the world, whatever ethnicity, religion, race, that we celebrate a holiday together 
and we eat almost identically the same meal. Yes. Some people may have a prime rib, but most of us are eating turkey. Most of us are having cranberries. And, you know, we, or, and that it is something Democrat, Republican, white, black, immigrant, native, that we all share it. And that's just, and it's around food. That's something that really turns me on being a man who makes his living about food. But I, I, what puzzles me is that we eat turkey only once a year, which touches upon what you're saying. I mean, why not in summer? Why not in winter? Right. But I, I, I run a pretty bird contest, and anybody who's listening, come on down and join it. On my turkey page, uh, and all you got to do is Google Ultimate Turkey. It'll take you right to my turkey page. Um, we have an annual pretty bird contest, and there's some really nice prizes. Thermoworks is sponsoring it this year. There's their new MK4. Thermopan is first prize. And it's a photo contest. Submit your photos. I'm the judge. I actually have a master's in photography. So I'm the photography judge, and uh, we'll pick the best five or six pictures and give away some cool prizes. And there's some really beautiful turkeys being cooked out there. Oh, yeah. That, that, and actually, that's not my fault. Thank you. Yeah. How cool is that? That's by a guy named Cole Shannon. He won the contest last year. That was his turkey. He's got really professional lighting on that thing, too. I can tell. Yeah, I mean, there's we, we got some real... And that, that, that spatchcock. Oh, that's... Scroll back up if you can. Man, I love you. Th- that's Ooh. another one of the submissions from uh, the spatchcock. And I got to tell you, I'm spatchcocking my bird almost from now on. I've been doing it the last two years. It's so much faster. You get the inside brown instead of that cavity pale and... And you get nice brown Maillard effect. Um, it let it's moister. I mean, I spatchcocking is is the way for me from now on. Uh, Meathead Goldwyn joining me here on the Barbecue Central Show. Amazingribs.com is his website. Uh, when you've uh, you have a great video, by the way, with uh, what one may consider to be a tremendously hot chick. Oh my lord, Hoofaloo. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, and you go in detail about the spatch cocking uh, with this lady, and uh, so for the folks that aren't familiar with it, you're taking the backbone out. But uh, you know, in a minute, can you list the highlights of of why spatch cocking is great? Yeah, spatchcocking is a really good technique. Um, you first of all, you if you leave the bird whole, like a Norman Rock, Rockwell bird, the cavity remains pale. But if you cut the backbone out, you can throw the backbone in the stock so you get a better stock. Right. You can brown when you lay it out flat. You can brown the interior. Brown is beautiful. Brown is my art reaction. Brown is flavor. Now you have brown on the inside and the outside, so you get twice as much brown. You can season both sides, so you can season both sides evenly. Um, it cooks faster. It, the faster things cook, especially at lower temperatures, less moisture loss, so it's moisture. Um, uh when and 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 typically this way, when the breasts are done, the thighs are done at the same time. Thighs are thinner; they typically need to be cooked a little higher temperature. It all comes done at the same time. Uh, it fits better on grills like a Weber kettle. Sometimes a whole bird is too large. Spatchcock bird fits perfectly on a Weber kettle. Carving is easier. Um, uh, 
uh, and it looks cool. I just think it's a great technique, and uh, it's the, the best way to do a turkey. That is Meathead Goldwyn from AmazingRibs.com. All right, Meathead, stand by. We're going to uh, break real quick, and then we'll come back with uh, muffings. So get your muffings talk ready to go. I'm going to tell you quickly about Suckle Busters, award-winning barbecue rub sauces, chili kits, and Texas gunpowder, preferred by competition barbecue cooks across the country. Suckle Busters Busters is Texas-based, 100% made in the USA, products of 100s of industry awards including many at the American Royal Barbecue Sauce Contest. Uh, new from Suckle Busters, we've been giving it away for months now. It's the Honey Barbecue Glaze and Finishing Sauce. Based on Suckle Busters' award-winning Honey Barbecue Sauce, this is a thin barbecue glaze and finishing sauce made especially for competition ribs and chicken. It is super sweet. It is not spicy. But it is super red. That's because they use a special American paprika for the bright red color. Here's how you use it. Brush it on the last 5 to 10 minutes of cooking. It's going to leave a nice, glossy red sheen on the meat. Add an extra layer of sweet flavor. Take your competition ribs and chicken to a whole nother level. Available at local barbecue stores or online. Sucklebusters.com. That's Sucklebusters.com. If you would like to try a free bottle... Of Suckle Busters, Honey Barbecue Glaze, and Finishing Sauce, email me right now and in the subject line put Meathead. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com and in the subject line put Meathead. You can win a free bottle of Suckle Busters, Honey Barbecue Glaze, and Finishing Sauce. Uh, if you don't want to try your hand at winning, you can go ahead and email Dan Sales at SuckleBusters.com. You can call him 972 393 9509, or of course, you can visit the website SuckleBusters.com. Sucklebusters is bringing your taste of chicken and ribs through this sauce to a whole nother level, as they like to say. All right, we we are back with more Meathead Goldwyn from AmazingRibs.com. Trying to check a win. Oh, wait, look at this. Somebody's on the uh, keyboard here. Winning the sauce is Jim Sang or T-Sing. The T at the beginning of a last name, always very tricky. Could be silent. You could say T. Maybe it's a silent Z. I don't know. Paul, shoot me your shipping address, and uh, we'll get you hooked up with the sauce. I'm sorry, uh, James. Shoot me your shipping address, and we'll get you hooked up with the sauce. Again, back with more Meathead right after this. Stick around. Be right back. Seven seven four four eight zero four three three to get on the air. Now here's your host, Greg Rampy. All right, welcome back. Two one six two two zero zero nine six six. James Sang one. The Suckle Buster Sauce. James, shoot me your shipping info. We'll get you hooked up with the sauce. Meathead Goldwyn, on the other hand, is uh, joining me for another segment. 
Meathead, we talked a little bit about the spatchcocking of the turkey. And the chat room is ablaze. The, evidently, the pit barrel cooker folks, who are actually going to be on next hour, have yeah. come out with uh, turkey hangers. Of course, the pit barrel cooker, well-known for being a cooker that you hang stuff on in its uh, initial way or its uh, most preferred way of cooking. However, it, it does come with a grate as well. So uh, we'll, we'll be talking with Noah about that. You, you in the hanging birds? That That thing... That thing is magical. I don't understand how it doesn't burn ribs. To, to, I mean, yeah. how does it work? I mean, I've sat there. I've got one of the new ones, the enamel ones. Yeah. I got the tree. He's got a new grate that has a hinge on it. I yeah. love it. I mean, this guy is really on. I don't know what it, you know. The airflow comes through where the rebar goes. Uh, I mean, it's just a. a it, it it's. And all these guys who want to have a macho smoker, they go down to Home Depot and they buy these cheap ass hundred dollar offset smokers. And a month later, they're in the alley behind the house. You want a macho device that really works? The pit barrel cooker. I don't. I, I, and I, the damn thing is, is you get really good smoke flavor without adding a lot of wood. The tip of a rib, which is not far from the charcoal doesn't burn I, I don't know it's just i you know everybody knows i'm kind of into barbecue science i don't get this thing i well, don't understand how it works you stay no tuned stay tuned for ten fourteen because we're going to have questions answered for meathead i'm going to be answering questions for meathead instead of just asking questions yeah let, we were we started q a last month and we ran out of time let's do some more yeah okay so uh, let me first ask you about uh, muffins, because uh, everybody loves stuffing with turkey. We just talked about turkey, so talk to me about muffins real quick. I mean, you know, I I could probably just eat the stuffing and skip the turkey. Right? <laughs> Who couldn't? Um, I, 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 now, if the turkey's done right and it's moist and juicy, I love it. And by the way, my turkey method makes a really great thin gravy that penetrates the meat and flavors. It go read my technique and method, um, and uh, try the gravy technique. Uh, but of course, a great turkey, uh, you don't want to stuff it. It, 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 it. Stuffing makes it this large bowling ball mass, and you have to really cook the snot out of it to get it safe in the center. If you don't stuff it, you can get heat in the cavity, or if you spatchcock it, it cooks better. And I have diagrams that explains the physics behind it all, but... I think most of your audience knows stuffing is not a great technique for cooking turkey. It's a recipe for dried outsides. But if you love stuffing, most people will put it in a, in a you know, a corningware pan or something or a, a baking pan and put it in the oven. I make muffins. I take the stuffing and I mix a little egg in with it as a binder. And I've got the technique and recipe on the website. And I put it in muffin pans. So everybody gets this wonderful little stuffing muffin on their plate with their, and it's crispy all around because you butter the muffin pan. So you get butter and you get crispy on the top and you have this stuffing muffin and it's just wonderful. Everybody loves it. And it's a real, it's a real conversation stopper. It tastes really good. And if you use the recipe that I recommend for making gravy, 
You can drizzle gravy on it. It's just Ooh. really great stuff. Yeah, sounds absolutely fabulous. All right, so go to AmazingRibs.com for Muffing's recipe if you want to try that here in a couple weeks. All right, so we have a number. <laughs> Holy moly. Pardon me, I'm choking to death. Um, we have uh, a good amount of questions to dial through here if you're up for the task here, Meathead. Yeah, and I'm just noticing, I'm trying to keep an eye on the um, uh, on the chat room. Uh, uh, yes. Somebody talking about Brinkman. Um, I don't know if the word's out yet. Did you discuss this last week? Brinkman went belly up? Yes, that's right. Out of here. I heard, uh, I heard Nancy Fiorina was the uh, CEO of that company, too. <laughs> not not, not true. Nancy. What's her name? Oh, who cares? Carly or Tina or whatever. Who cares? <laughs> That's pretty funny. Really. Yeah, it's not a political show. All right, so uh, let me ask. So here, this, here is a question from Timothy Holtz, and it says, uh, Meathead, how about this idea that when you're wrapping slash foiling brisket, most say that in order uh, that in addition to color and bark formation and breaking through the stall, you need to foil it when the internal temperature hits around 160 to 170 degrees. Is there anything, is that, here's what I, and this is funny, um, we didn't do brisket uh, specifically, but I was my brother just got a smoker, and I was talking to him about cooking pork butt, and I said, you know, when I do mine, I when I put it on, I go to a certain color. And then once I get a color, then I put the foil on, and, and I'll take it the rest of the way. But it doesn't have anything to do for me with internal temperature. However, I've found that the color I like typically coincides with this range of temperature, and it just happens to be a, a, a merry coincidence. Is there? Do you find the same thing, or what's your take on that? Yeah, well, color is going to be dependent a lot upon your rub and what's in your rub, how much smoke using a pellet smoker you're going to get a different kind of smoke than if you're burning logs so color is a good guide and i think a lot of the top cooks who cook brisket do use color as their rule of rule of thumb they know what color they're looking for on their cooker but um somewhere in that 150 to 170 range you hit the stall and that temperature has a lot to do with the moisture on the surface of the meat. I mean, we've talked about the stall before, and I think everybody out there should now know, because Dr. Blonder, who works with me, really nailed this down. The stall is due to evaporative cooling. When moisture evaporates from the surface of the brisket, it cools the surface, just like when a runner or when you're out there cutting the lawn, the sweat cools you. So it cools the surface of the brisket. And if you're cooking at a lower temp, say 225, 250, the cooling of the meat and the heating from the air reaches a point of equilibrium where the meat no longer rises in temperature until the surface dries out. And when the surface dries out, you form your bark, you form your crust, you get the color that you're looking for, then the moisture is no longer evaporating and the temperature inside the meat can start to rise. Remember, the hot air cooks the outside of the meat, and the outside of the meat cooks the inside of the meat. So um, I think it's really a balance. Um, you know, somewhere in that 150 to 170 range is when you're going to hit the stall. And if you're going to wrap, somewhere in that range is the time to wrap. And I think it's really a very personal thing whether you want to go by color. I mean, no matter what you do, if you wrap, you're going to mess up your bark at one way or another. You know, I've been 
I've been I, I I've been telling people for years the only meat I wrap is brisket. I don't rip wrap pork butt because there's so much flat, so much connective tissue. It's really not necessary. I don't wrap ribs. The gain by wrapping is it, it's there, but it's really small. If I'm competing for a ten thousand dollar prize, I might wrap it. But for home cooking for dinner, I don't see the need. And you know what? Lately, I haven't been wrapping my briskets. I've been getting gore. I just love bark. I just love bark, and I mean, who doesn't? And um, uh, wrapping does improve moisture and tenderness, but it does muck up the bark. So you, you know, it's a trade-off. What is it mucking up exactly? Is how hard it is? Yeah, yeah. I mean, bark is jerky essentially. Bark yeah. is dried-out meat. That's the the surface of the meat has lost its moisture and it's dried out. Plus the juices and the oils in the meat mix with your rub and they polymerize the chemicals and so you get this crust um, on the surface and if you wrap it in foil that crust gets damp because all the humidity is trapped in the foil and it gets wet and you know when you open the foil the liquid that's in the bottom is 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 swimming in your rub uh, a lot of the rub is washed off um, but if you leave it unwrapped, you get a really good hard crust that is, you know, kind of jerky-like, but it's got all the rub flavors in it. If you've not done it, it's worth a try. It really is. I love it. I think it's really great. Meathead Goldwyn joining us here on the show, AmazingRibs.com, his website. Uh, next question is from John Knoll. It says, Meathead, do you have an opinion on hot and fast versus low and slow? Yeah, um, it's all dependent on the thickness of the meat. The thicker it is, the lower the cooking temperature. Because, the, remember, meat is 75% water. And it takes time for heat to penetrate it, to work its way down into the center. So, if it's a very big, thick piece of meat, if you're cooking hot, you're going to dry out that exterior, just like we were talking about. But on something like a turkey, I don't think we want bark on turkey. We don't want a dry, jerky exterior on turkey. On pork butt, it's really good. On ribs, it's really good. On brisket, it's really good. Not so much on turkey and chicken. So uh, the thick pieces of meat, you definitely want to keep the temperature down so it warms the meat gently so that the temperature has a chance to rise slowly in the interior without drying out and burning the exterior. Now, for steaks, for example... You really want a good dark crust, not necessarily dry, but you want a good dark crust. So my general rule of thumb is one inch or less. One inch or less, hot and fast, one inch or more, a little slower and lower. Next question. We have three minutes left, and uh, Jeffrey Stone is asking this question. It says, meet it. Uh, would love your thoughts on the real impact of fruit woods versus other hardwoods and i guess what he's getting at is you know is there any way to really tell if you're doing applewood or if you're doing hickory or oak or something like this you know i'm starting to get through to you greg i can tell by the tone of your voice that some of my uh, whining and pre you know i've lived in many places and uh, the hickory wood in my backyard in upstate new york and ithaca new york is different than my hickory wood here in illinois um, and I'm sure it's different in Arkansas. 
and how much bark is involved is different. And when I go down to the hardware store, there's no Appalachian Controle, as a wine lover, you know what I mean, uh -huh. that, 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 that specifies that what I buy in this bag really is hickory. Because you know when Home Depot calls up the guy who runs the wood supply and says, we need a thousand bags of cherry, and he looks around and there's only uh -huh. 500. <laughs> I'm not 100% sure that it's all cherry that goes in those bags or... What, so we don't know for sure what we're getting, where it's coming from, and shagbark hickory and pignut hickory is different, um, how dry it is, how it's cured, how much bark. I really think that we are better, we, we, we're best, we should focus on temperature control, rub, um, uh, sauces, and that the flavor of the wood is just one instrument in the orchestra. It's the violas. And if the violas are out of key, you'll notice it. But they're not going to make or break you. And people who obsess over, oh, no, 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 I would never, never, never cook my turkey with uh, cherry. Uh, I think there are other things to worry about. Key point there, Meathead, is, of course, we don't want to get into the snobbery of things. Well, I mean, that's, you know, you've heard me also on that thing. Yeah. Uh, that's something I really am concerned about in the barbecue world. There's a lot of snobbery out there. Oh, wow. that's not barbecue. That's grilling. Yeah. Um, uh, we just don't want to get, oh, my God, you cooked your turkey with hickory? What a fool you could be. I, it, you know, we need to open the tent. We need not to express our uh, expertise in snob form. I left, I mean, some of your listeners know I was the wine critic for the Washington Post yeah. and the Chicago Tribune. I ran a magazine about wine. Um, I left that world, and I hate to think that it's catching up with me in the barbecue world. Meathead Goldwyn joins me. He is from AmazingRibs.com, at RibGuy on the Twitter. Uh, Meathead joins me the second Tuesday of every month, and uh, we will be back and better than ever in December, my friend. Always appreciate the time. Oh, Greg, it's always a pleasure to talk to the uh, rock and roll champion of barbecue and uh, all the centralites. And thanks for the good questions, folks. And uh, here's your cancer control. Everybody knows resveratrol, red wine. Probably I can go out now and eat some bacon. That's right. There he is, Meathead Goldwyn, getting ready to uh, eat bacon and uh, drink red wine. Doesn't get any better than that. Wow. Love it. All right, folks, uh, Fast Eddie's by Cook Shack's pellet grill is a smoker and a grill all in one. That's right. It's 100% stainless steel wood-burning pellet-fired cooker that uses direct and indirect heat up to 800 degrees Fahrenheit. It is the only pellet grill on the market that uses charbroiler technology. It features electronically controlled temperature to eliminate large heat fluctuations that dry and shrink meat. A pellet grill can be used to barbecue, grill, bake, roast, sear, and smoke. Cook Shack has two models of pellet grills to choose from. The PG-1000 features a fully insulated double-walled roll hood for superior heat retention, fuel savings, and maximum cooking performance. The PG-500 features a two-way swing lid, pellet utensil drop, I'm sorry, pellet drop and utensil holder. The PG-500 and 1000 have... Many great features, including 784 square inches of cooking space, easy side-loading pellet hopper, 
fully automated wood pellet feed system, stainless steel cooking grates on the direct zone side that produce killer-looking sear marks, nickel-plated grill on the indirect and top racks. How about a drip bucket or a pellet ash drawer, 100% stainless steel construction? Yes, yes, and yes. They also have a warming drawer. 40 pounds of Cook Shack pellets come with you, uh, with your cooker. Also, a 30-day all-you-can-cook-on money-back guarantee. Wow. It is a versatile pellet cooker that adds full flavor to your recipes, including fajitas, ribs, chicken, steaks, desserts, sides, large cuts of meat. It can do it all, including cold smoking. Because here's the thing. Grilling with wood pellets penetrates the food with an intense, smoky flavor, really locking in that flavor that you're looking for on your barbecued meats. Because when you cook with wood pellets, the fuel is consistent, and the smoke is more flavorful. It's proven. For recipes and how-to videos, check out Cook Shack's YouTube channel. You can also visit their cooking guide on their website, cookshack.com, or you can call one of the friendly sales associates at Cook Shack, 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698. Order yours today. You're going to be happy that you did. Cookshack.com or the uh, YouTube channel for Cook Shack. Lots of great avenues to get at. All right, well, we're back to wrap up the first hour. Stick around. We'll be right back. Name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back to 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. I can now confirm that at 1035 tonight, we will have Danielle Bennett live off the final judges table at the World Food Championships tonight. And we'll be talking about uh, the good stuff that she ate, the World Food Championships overall winner, the Smoking Hills, and quite a year they're going to be ending up having here in uh, 2015. So congratulations to Lorne and Cheryl Hill from the Smoking Hills. Wow. I love it. I think this is the first year that barbecue has actually taken the crown overall. Props. It's not the first year that a barbecue team has won overall, but I think the first time a barbecue team has won overall with barbecue. Love that. That's falling down. Oh, that came out. All right. I'm going to have to retighten that up. Thanks again to Meathead Goldwyn from Amazing Ribs for joining me the last two segments. What I just... There we go. If you have any questions... On what he went over tonight, you go to AmazingRibs.com, especially if you want to try those muffins. Uh, excuse me, sir. Would you, uh, I like a little muffins. I like a little muffins with my turkey. That's right. The little muffins. They're cute. 
I love to drizzle a little, little bit of gravy out of it. I love it. Oh, give me more. Give me more muffins. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Uh, refresh your drinks, libations, and or otherwise. As we get ready to head into the second hour, don't forget in the second hour, we do have Noel Glanville from Pit Barrel Cookers. If you want to check them out before he jumps on with me, pitbarrelcooker.com, pitbarrelcookers.com, sorry. And then at 1035, Daniel Bennett from DivaQ will be talking to me about the conclusion of the World Food Championships, seven days long, started a week ago today. You would recall that uh, Chad Ward and his homie Griff and the creator of the Outdoor Cooking Channel, Kevin Bevington, were broadcasting live from Celebration Florida last Tuesday. I might have a thought or two about that whole thing coming up in the beginning of the second hour. If you want to weigh in on anything, I'm more than happy to have you. 216-220-0966. You can also email the show, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. We'll be right back. Hang on. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me! Fine, how's it going? (laughs) You have a great show, I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish! What? He ate two feet for wiener. Oh listen, Lavernius, shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit pee <laughs> We have top men working on it right now. Top men. Just like that, we're into the second hour. hey Happy to have you aboard here. You have found the Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. I apologize 
for uh, the uh, kind of crappy lighting that's going on here. I'm trying to piece together somewhat of a green screen because of all the studding that's going on here. Ugh. I mean, maybe nobody would notice, like, right? But, I mean, I know I can't be the only one that sees all that noise around me, right? The noise, I mean, like, the the, the, the bubbly stuff or whatever you want to call it. Oh, that's so annoying. You got to have it light, lit just right. It's such a, uh, such a science, but I'm, like, such a, a crazy person when it comes to making sure that everything looks right. I can't get away from it. Wow. 216-220-0966, Greg at TheBBQCentralShow.com. Uh, this portion of the Barbecue Central Show is being brought to you by CookinPellets.com. That's right, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also visit Amazon.com to purchase as well. All right, still to come on the show tonight, uh, Noah Glanville from Pit Barrel Cookers and Danielle Bennett. From Diva Q, she was on the final table uh, as the World Food Championships just concluded here literally minutes ago. So, uh, you know, we're going to want to get her immediate feedback in about 30 minutes from now on not only the, uh, the, the food that she had and tasted. I mean, I can only imagine what a final table is like. In that kind of a scenario, when you have so many different varieties of food and all this great stuff. I got to make sure I find the. Where is that? Where? Show me the results. Give me the results. Here we go. This was. Yeah. All right. Big old chunk of funk. We're getting ready to do the uh, weekly barbecue roundup, so uh, let's get after it. That is some kind of music. That's the worst song I've ever heard. Hold on. I mean, I might be able to get with this. Yeah, I think I can do it. Yeah, I can do it. I know I can do it. That's right. That's it. I can do it. All right, folks, this uh, weekly barbecue roundup is being uh, brought to you to cover the weekend of November 3rd through the 9th. World Food Championships barbecue category in Kissimmee, Florida. The Smoking Hills wins it. Hog happening. In Shelby, North Carolina, winning that one, Smokin' Moe's Barbecue with a 703.4. By the way, Smokin' Hills at the World Food Championships take it with a 699.4. When Pigs Fly South in Lakeland, Florida, Matt Daddy's Barbecue winning that one with a 673.6. How about the MVH Barbecue Bivyauk? What is that? St. James, Missouri winning that one, Brewmaster's Barbecue. Flags are flying, Winder, Georgia, Tenacious Q, winning that one with a 689.6. Here it is again. The We just did. Wait, is this a two-day contest? Hold on one second. Looks like a two-day contest. The MVH BBQ by 
Bivouac. Bivouac. It might be Bivouac. St. James, Missouri. Again, different date. Brickhead Barbecue winning that day. 697.1. Then we move to Texas. International Barbecue Cookers Association. Five cook-offs were being sanctioned to report here for the review tonight. I Heart Barbecue in Keller, Texas. 44 teams there. J3 Barbecue wins that one. By the way, for folks that listen to the weekly barbecue roundup, J3 has now won two in a row. Congratulations to Terry Johnson, pitmaster out there. Uh, also, the Bear Scholarship Slam in San Juan, Texas. 19 teams out there. Team Extreme wins that one. Remove the Texas Gulf Coast Barbecue Association. One cook-off, one reporting. Fourth annual Inspiring Possibilities in Houston, Texas. 80 teams there. Panther Creek Barbecue uh, wins it. Ran out of... Uh... What? What, the... what the monkey? Keep the music going, James. Lone Star Barbecue Society. Two cook-offs being sanctioned. One reporting here for this show. Three meat cook-off. Marble Falls, Texas. Winning that one, Good Life Barbecue. Congratulations. Also, there was a non-sanctioned event. The Agudas Achim Texas Kosher Barbecue Championship in San Antonio, Texas. 19 teams there. Kosher Frat Pack winning that one. You know, I, I, I didn't realize how many kosher barbecue contests were taking place recently, but ever since Dan Uladol from the Chops Power Injector System, by the way, shout out to Chops Power Injector, gotta get one. Um, they're popping up. Dan said they were great fun to cook. So if you're looking to do some great fun, you got a, a kosher barbecue contest running. Don't be scared of I don't think you gotta be uh, Jewish to do it. That's the weekly barbecue roundup. All right, so as I had mentioned in the open here to this segment, Danielle Bennett will be joining me in about 20 minutes to go over the results of the World Food Championship. Actually, Lauren Hill was just dialing up on my cell phone as well. It's tough for me to answer the phone, you know, when I'm doing the show live. Maybe during the break I can uh, check out the message. He's probably ready to come on, too. Then what am I going to do? Am I going to tell Danielle I can't? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That could be something. Well, we'll see. Maybe I can do, like, group call. I don't know. In regards to the World Food Championships, you know, I think, and this is just my perception, but I think as I kind of look and I'm hearing about it and all I think maybe the World Food Championships might have missed a little bit of a boat this year, maximizing their live coverage of the event this year. You have the Outdoor Cooking Channel, which is really, from barbecue travel standards, local to that event. There has to be some value to get Outdoor Cooking Channel and World Food Championships teamed up going forward. And having the likes of your humble host here, also the uh, more than humble host of the show that precedes me, Chad Ward of Whiskey Bend Barbecue in the Pit. 
to work out a schedule of days to do live shows from Celebration. Look, while my appearance fees and travel riders are hefty, I mean, just gas David Qualt, for good reason, the value and return on investment far outweighs the initial cost to get me down there and get Chad out there and mic'd up and ready to go. Here's my plea, not plea, but here is my statement to Mike McLeod. I'm going to be in touch, Mike, with you for a delivery of a value proposition that will make absolute sense to you. And come next year, it is my fervent belief and hope that the World Food Championships will have a stronghold on live coverage slash interviews with the top folks at the World Food Championships. And I'm not talking about just the barbecue people. I'm talking about all of them. We can do insider stories and exposés, and we can get all of this right there on set. We could be, Chad and I could be pulling in Lauren Hill from the Smokin' Hills to do a live post win of the whole World Food Championships right now. It would be great. We have the availability to do real professional video, sound, setup, get the info you want. I think it would be great. I mean, Periscope is uh, Periscope is cool, but in this sense, my idea way better. Mike, I'm going to be in touch, bro. Strap in. Get ready to back up that Brinks truck. Me and Chad are coming. Folks, a quick reminder about the Barbecue Guru, the longest-running sponsor of the show, creators of automatic pit temperature control device technology. Why are you going to buy from anybody else? I don't know. If you're not familiar with how they work, I'm not going to get into the minutiae, but imagine a product that, once set, keeps that temperature all the way through the cook in your pit. It's not too good to be true. It's real life. Take advantage of it. If you're a busy working professional like me or you're on the run with kids constantly, you're doing the errands, taking them to travel, freaking volleyball already, put on the pork butts, the ribs, the briskets, let the guru take over, maintain the pit temperatures you set it at, get a Wi-Fi, get a part EQ for $149, get an Onyx oven for crying out loud. You know it is going to fit and work seamlessly with any of the guru pit temperature control devices. Do yourself a favor. Head on over to thebbqguru.com. Check out their products. If you have any questions about what to order, call them directly, 800-288-GURU. They'll make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. 800-288-GURU or thebbqguru.com. The Barbecue Guru is a breakthrough in barbecue technology. All right, I'm going to use this time to listen to my uh, message from Lauren Hill, and uh, we may or may not be doing a 1035 readjust, but nevertheless, Noah Glanville comes up out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back here on the Really Big Barbecue Show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And uh, we'll be right back at you.
Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by iGrill. Makers of the most advanced Bluetooth grilling thermometers. Monitor of whatever you're grilling from up to 150 feet away using your iOS or Android device. Go to iDevicesInc.com and don't forget we're going to be giving away three iGrills here coming up shortly in the next couple weeks. Wow. Who's excited for that? I know I am. I know I am. All right, uh, let's go ahead and uh, tell you a little bit about the fact that, you know, for the last handful of weeks, I have been pounding the pit builder sector very hard. My next guest will be added to the archive this evening and uh, his pit, one of the most popular UDS models out there on the market today. Let's go ahead to the hotline and welcome back the creator of the pit barrel cooker. Noah Glanville joins us here on the show. Noah, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well. How about yourself, Greg? Absolutely fabulous. No, I appreciate you making time for the show tonight and uh, kind of a lot to get to. So let's go ahead and jump right in head first. Uh, I guess before we get into the pit barrel cooker itself and, you know, where you've started, where we're at present day, you know, roughly five or so years later, a uh, little background about you, um, you know, personally and kind of how you evolved into the business of barbecue. Sure. Well, yeah. Thanks. Absolutely. Thanks for having me back on the show. It's been uh, it's been I think about four four years I'd say uh, <laughs> roughly since I've been on. So I've uh, been definitely staying tuned to to what you got going on. And um, so yeah, we my background uh, like after graduating high school uh, went went to uh, college in the Bay Area in California for a year. Joined the Navy. Uh, enlisted as a Navy corpsman and uh, immediately got attached to the uh, Marine Corps. And it was one of the most uh, amazing and humbling experiences uh, of my life, for sure. Got deployed over to Iraq. Um, and that was uh, definitely an interesting experience, to say the least. I'm, I'm very thankful to, to, to be here and, uh, and, and be able to come back and, and start a company that uh, is successful and, and really live the American dream and uh, provide jobs and manufacture something that's uh, made in the U.S. is is just that much uh, sweeter. So um, we've been going at it, like I said, about five years. Um, it's uh, definitely not not a hobby for us. We we go after it uh, like no other. We work extremely hard. We've got an awesome team, and we've grown just grown a ton. Our product has grown. Uh, customer service is very important to us. We take that to the next level, uh, and you know, from growing from powder coating to uh, welding the horseshoes on to how we bend everything to uh, now we're finally porcelain coating, which is a huge step. Um, it's been, you know, it's, it's absolutely been an amazing, amazing journey, but extremely rewarding. And, and the growth and, and feedback from the customers give us uh, just a ton of energy. Noah Glanville joining me here on the show from Pit Barrel Cookers, the website, by the way, while we're talking, pitbarrelcooker.com, if you want to check it out. Uh, 
Noah, did you find that the Ugly Drum Smoker segment was kind of gaining popularity and it's something that you're like, hey, you know, it doesn't have to be kind of, I don't want to call anybody's cooker an eyesore, but you know, some of those things are you know, a little less attractive than some of the other things out there on the market. Uh, so did you see like a niche or uh, something that was lacking within that segment that you could position the, the pit barrel cooker in properly for success? Absolutely. Yeah, you bet. Um, we absolutely saw a huge opportunity. Uh, you know, it, it's something that, it, and in fact, I, I couldn't think of anything else that as a parallel to it that so many people do in, 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 in little hidden pockets and, and, and are that passionate about drum style cooking and make them in their garage. And, and, and I just, and I thought, geez, you know, you can't find many things that have so many YouTube views on, on a product that no one has really pushed hard to manufacture, uh, and, and, and offer to, to, to the mass market. And so at the time when we did it, nobody was doing it. Uh, we, we decided to go all in on, on, uh, you know, all the intellectual property. And we, you know, we went down all that road and it's, it's, it's interesting. I had listened to the show, uh, previous show last week and, uh, and, and Brad Barrett, uh, I've never actually spoke with a gentleman, but I'll tell you, I, I was so impressed and listening to him talk. I think it was probably, in my opinion, one of the best shows um, and, and guests you've had on. And the guy just seems so humble. I think he said he was around 60 years old. But you can truly tell that guy has learned so many lessons and experiences, and they've all been self-taught. It probably cost the guy a lot of money. But he said one of the things that, that you know, as far as patents being, you know, just expensive uh, artwork on the wall, and, and, and that is, that is the case in, in, in many respects, but, um, yeah, we, uh, kind of went, went all in and, um, and, and have just really, really hit it hard, um, you know, with the, with the development and, and the product and, and just seeing this, this window of opportunity that we could dress it up, make it look good. And, and then it was, was a 55 gallon drum really the best environment and, and through our R and D, we realized that. Um, you know, that, that other sizes yield outstanding results. So do 55s, but for to have a business and to be able to ship it and not a fuel source and those things, um, we, 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 we feel we, we, you know, we hit a, hit a home run with this. We're also going to be coming out with, with another model, uh, towards the beginning of next year. That's going to be a, a 16 gallon kind of a, kind of a tailgater pit barrel junior type model that the name hasn't been decided exactly, but, uh, but that's going to be really cool. Great for tailgating and camping. Um, and it's going to be porcelain coated. Everything going forward is, is porcelain coated. And that's, that's a game changer to drums because so many people find drums, you know, used who knows what's in them. There's a lot of things about drums. They're not made to be barbecues. They're made to be airtight, watertight, with a locking ring and seal. So our drums are all custom ordered to spec. There's nothing in it. There's no glue seal at the bottom. Uh, and so it's very specific to our product. They're low-carb steel so that we can porcelain coat them. And we don't have to worry about paint flaking off after a year or so. It's, uh, it's, it, it definitely is, is, is where the drum world needs to be. And we're really proud of it. No, are, are you surprised that, you know, uh, 
if you look at some of the other grill or cooker segments, you have, you know, for forever and ever, it was Traeger and only Traeger for the pellet grills. And then the patent wore off on the auger system. And all of a sudden you see, I don't know, 10 or 15 different manufacturers for pellet cookers right now. And a lot of them are really good. And then there's some middle of the road and there's a couple lower end. You look at the the drum segment at this point, you have the ones that we already mentioned, kind of like the, the eyesores of the world, the ones you make by yourself in your garage. And then you have, you know, kind of a few sexier models. You have you. Um, last week, I also had the guys on from Gateway Drum Smoker. Uh, you know, a little bit different uh, setup than than what you have in operation and so forth. But when you look at the aesthetics of yours and of a Gateway, certainly uh, head and shoulders above some of the other things uh, that you see out there in regards to the drum category. Are, do you think that there's going to be more competition in the drum segment as the years wear on, or do you think that uh, you know you and um, uh, Gateway might have a, a stronghold here on this particular segment for a while? You know, that's uh, that's, a, that's a tough one to, to answer. But what I will say, and hopefully that this this answers the question uh, in a roundabout way, um, our attitude is there. You know, we welcome all the competition. There's there's uh, there's plenty of room in the industry. There's so much room in the industry. Uh, we're truly a speck in the sand in the grand scheme of things. Um, we are growing very fast. We're proud of that. Um, but there's so much room in the industry for everybody. And if someone has an idea, a concept, and it brings people together and, and they're having fun with it, I mean, America needs that uh, more than anything. And that's something that, uh, you know, of all the different things we're – we're stuck on social media and, and, and phones and, and you name it. And so if, if we can hang on to one thing, I think it's, it's hanging, our, hanging out at barbecue competitions around the grill with family, friends. So, you know, I, I'm, we, we just, we focus on looking forward, working really hard, providing great customer service and an awesome product. And, um, you know, so, you know, do I think, I, I think gateway drums, I mean, they're, their products, those, they're a work of art. Um, they can do some really fancy, nice stuff. Um, and I think we're just two totally different uh, um, niche markets. Um, you know, I think I think they definitely fill a niche with, with you know, the comp- more the competition end. Uh, you know, people that want to, you know, have a customized uh, drum style cooker. Ours is is something that and and you know at their price point you're going to pay for it and you're going to get you're going to get something that is custom and looks really nice. Our price point, we want to appeal to the masses. We all of our videos are very very simple. Um, we want whether you're a pitmaster or you know you have never cooked with charcoal a day in your life. We want you to be able to take the pit roll right out of the box, regardless of experience, and have some of the best food you've ever cooked, much less. Um, you know, or some of the best food you've ever tasted, much less cooked for yourself. And, and people get that with a pit barrel and at a price point of two ninety nine, um, it's a real sweet spot. That's, that's kind of been an investment that, that we've made uh, into our product to make it affordable um, and something that will last a long time. So, um, you know, I think it's just, it, it, it's a different, it's a little bit different approach, but um, you know, as long as uh, you know, I mean, it, it's neat to see, people manufacturing something in the U S and, and, and able to make a living at it. And if you can provide something that people want and get enjoyment out of it, you know, and, and, and that pays the bills, it doesn't get much better than that. 
Noah Glanville joining me here on the show from Pit Barrel Cookers. Uh, Noah, let me pick your brain for a second. You know, you look back over the uh, the genesis and the changes that Pit Barrel Cooker has seen from when it first hit the market until where you're at now. When you're getting feedback from your customers and people that you're testing and, and just from your own research and development, when do you decide that, okay, here's a change that needs to be made and here's one that maybe we should hold off on a little bit longer and, and do a little bit more testing on? For example, you know, your powder coating originally, now you're going to, uh, you know, the enamel coating, you know, big deal. I mean, that's a big change. So, you know, when do you decide to, to do those kind of changes? Well, it's a great question. So, when we first started out, the first thing we did was we looked at, uh, I started out with a spray can, quickly moved to building a, a spray booth, then found out that that wasn't, uh, that was for the birds and, and needed to look at something more, more sustainable. And, and we looked at powder coating and powder coating is, there, there's so much to, to and there, there's so much to, to getting into powder coating, but that is not a sustainable option. And, and so we found that out, uh, you know, the hard way. And, um, unfortunately our customers are, are so passionate and love the product, uh, that, you know, we have people that, that still have the old powder coated ones and they, they love them. Um, and, but, you know, we first looked at what a company like Weber's doing and, and we said, okay, who's, who's been doing this the longest and, and what do they do? And they do porcelain enamel. Well, it's, it's extremely, um, you have to do a lot of volume and keep those those furnaces going uh, in order to, to to even make it possible to, to be able to afford to do it and, and have a business. So we were told that we would have to do you know twice the volume uh, that, that we were doing you know as a you know a couple years ago. And so we said, okay, there's just no way we can we can make the switch to porcelain. We finally grew was able to make the switch. We were told it'd be, you know, twice the price. It actually turned out to be three times the price. Um, and, you know, and that's doing, you know, roughly 400 units um, at a time. And uh, so, you know, we were able to do it. You know, the investment we've made is, is how much volume we're doing and being able to then uh, forward that on to the, to the consumer. And so that's how we're, you know, we're able to obviously be a small company, but, offer this this total package which i think you've seen at a price of 299 which is pretty we're proud of that 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 has not been easy to get there and uh the value and what you get is is really impressive no glanville joining me here from pit barrel cookers pitbarrelcooker.com is the website uh noah your cooker is kind of, uh, you know, as you said, dialed well you didn't say it but you know i guess one of the things that it's known for is kind of dialed in when, once you get it fired up, once you have the meat in, you kind of close everything up. It kind of dials itself in. It's kind of one of those set it and forget it type of a cookers. But you're not using a uh, a guru, which is a, a sponsor of my show, or, or some other. This thing just kind of does it on its own. And I was talking with the very esteemed Meathead Goldwyn from AmazingRibs.com, who typically is a guy that provides answers. But this man is stumped beyond belief that when you hang a brisket, or when you hang racks of ribs, how the stuff that is closest to the fire is not burning and raging and becoming charcoal flick bits by the time it's all said and done. What is the secret? <laughs> well, and, and first off, just to give uh, Meathead credit, you know, I, I and I always get like to give credit for credits due, and and I you know just like uh, 
you know, like I referred to, uh, to Brad Barrett, that, you know, you can tell when, when people are, are locked on, squared away, and, and, and just really strive to, to be good at what they do. And, and, and Meathead is, is another one of those. He's, uh, they, they work so hard to provide such great information. And they did, they did a fan, one of the fan, most uh, incredible reviews on our product that really nailed it down. I mean, besides just saying, yeah, it's good, um, and it works really well, you know, they, they dug in um, a little bit more. They talked about, you know, the size of the drum and, and kind of the confection and, and a lot of things. But the best way I can describe uh, why this cooker works as well as it does and, and why the, the meat doesn't burn at the bottom is, is this. If you, left the, if you took the lid off, only so much air is allowed in is what's allowed out. So that bottom vent cap can be, you know, very wide. There can be several, several um, holes in the bottom. But if there's no outlet, just like you know any pit master knows, you, you've got you've got an inlet and an outlet, and both those things have to be in, in tune to get things dialed in just right. But your outlet, if you if you let a lot more oxygen or air flow, you're going to allow more air to come in underneath that coal basket and create that heat. And so if you took the lid off and you had meat hanging, of course it's going to burn. You're going to get a flare up, and it's going to get really hot. Uh, the trick is. When you are able to um, create an environment to where you've got just the right amount of fuel source in, in a certain volume, and the meat can hang directly down over over the coals, and you have those drippings, which is where the magic comes in, the, the ability for those drippings to drip directly onto the coals, causing that smoke fog to come back up into the meat, is is where the, the secret is. And when people talk about putting a water pan and does it need a water pan, it's, it's, it's like absolutely not. It, it, that's the last thing it needs. It needs to be able to drip down onto the coals to cause that, that moisture. And that's really the magic behind it. So when you put that lid on, and as you refer to as everything's dialed in, it quickly um, levels out the temperature so that there's no flare-up. It's just, it's an even, consistent heat in the drum. So even if something's sitting down onto the, right on the coals, if there's no fire and it's just barely allowed to, to pretty much breathe and maintain, it's going to, it's going to, the heat's going to come off, come up off the top. It's going to fill that, that environment up with, with a consistent heat surrounding the meat to where the, the meat is not sitting on a grill on an inconsistent surface. And what I'll also tell people is, you know, imagine you can take something, you can take something off the grill, but if you touch the grill, you're going to burn your finger. And it's the same thing with cooking. So does that piece of meat on the grill need need that grill grate that's inconsistent of the environment, or does it need the environment and the heat that the environment's putting off? And is that what you want to cook the piece of meat with? And that's why that meat hanging method works so well. Hopefully, <laughs> what I just said makes some sense. But uh, um, it, it 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 it's a matter of having the lid on and the environment set just right to where you don't have this big flare up and it just, it, it cooks very consistent. Yeah. I think you've uh, described it to a T and I appreciate you uh, taking the time to do that and uh, kind of d- dispelling the, the wonderment that goes on and, you know, the, the myths surrounding a uh, pit barrel cooker uh, in regards to like lead times. I mean, these are things that are just in stock and kind of ready to ship, correct? Yes. Yep. If you order, uh, if you order uh, this evening, it would ship out tomorrow morning, uh, and ships out of the West Coast. And um, you know, we're pretty much we ship FedEx ground uh, pretty much exclusively. And uh, you know, worst case, it's it's to your place in, in four days on the East Coast. So, 
we have very fast turnarounds and we have lots of inventory. We are ramped up ready for the holiday season. That's actually, it's pretty cool. That's, that's our busiest, uh, busiest time of year. The, the, the next is right in, uh, uh, June coming into July, you know, 4th of July. And, um, but yeah, the Christmas holiday and, and that, and I think that that speaks volumes to how passionate our customers are and, and how well it works out where our price point is because people are able to, they love it. They are, they're able to cook their turkey, their prime rib on it. And then they say, you know what, this is a, such a good price point. We can get one for, you know, our grandson or our husband, whoever. And, um, and, and Christmas turns out to be our, our absolute busiest time of year. No, let me ask you one last question here, and I appreciate the time tonight. Um, I asked Brad Barrett last week uh, the same question that I'm going to be asking you right now, and that's this. You know, you mentioned you went to, to uh, the, the enamel coating, and you've watched what the big dogs in the industry do, and, and you mentioned, you know, what Weber does. You're growing, you're successful, you have a lot of buzz around you. Have you ever given any thought to you know, a Weber or a Charbroil or somebody wanting to get into this kind of a segment, they have the bankroll and the checkbook and, and they're doing their research and they're like, hey, man, here's this guy out of Colorado. He's got this great following. Let's knock on his door and, and see what's going on. Is there, a, is there a, a buy number for you or are you like Brad at this point where you still want to foster and, and continue to grow? Or, I mean, are, are you open to, uh, you know, a big, fat, multi-million dollar check? You know, I, I couldn't mirror actually Brad's answer uh, any better. <laughs> I, I think I was so impressed with, with with what he said, and you know, he's uh, you know he's not looking for for a daddy. He's enjoying being a dad, and, um, and you know, sure is 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 an entrepreneur, which is which is in my blood, and uh, you know, I I happen to really love the business that we're in. And it is, I, I love getting up. Yes, it, it's every day is like, uh, you know, expecting someone to come in my office and, and throw, a, throw a big, you know, uh, puzzle up in the air and the pieces fly all over the place. And I just have to say, this is going to happen every day and, and it's going to be a new puzzle and I'm going to put all the pieces together and, and let's just have a good attitude about it. There's always something, you know, we do everything from, uh, sourcing to bringing the material in to, 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 to manufacturing, uh, managing the website, orders, uh, marketing, advertising, um, you know, uh, customer service, uh, you name it, uh, wholesale, retail, uh, distributor pricing. Uh, we, we, you know, we do every single aspect of this business from A to Z. And so, uh, and, and we love what we do. Our customers, um, you know, I, I still put my cell phone on every single pit barrel out there and there's, about 40,000 of them out there today. And, um, and so (laughs) if, if the conversations were all negative, it would get old really fast. Um, you know, but, but honestly that gives me energy because of how much our, our customers love the product and, you know, people will go out of their way to say how, how happy they are with it. They didn't know anything about cooking and, and it's like, they've just, they've experienced something so new and it's really touched their lives. And that is, is so cool. So, um, so, you know, I mean, but to answer your question, am I, am I so passionate that I want to see my, my two boys run the business and, and, and they're going to do it? Absolutely not. 
Um, you know, if this is something that as long as it's the right thing for us and we're able to, uh, you know, provide a, a, a phenomenal product made here and, um, and, and, and continue that level of customer service, that's the most important thing to me. I think that if, if we got to a point where we couldn't provide um, as good a customer service as our product is, then, you know, it, it may be time to get out of the business. But, um, but I, I don't see that happening. That's kind of a commitment that I have to our customers and our, and our product that, that we will maintain that. Um, and, you know, as long as it's a good thing, um, you know, we're going to keep going with it. Noah Glanville is at Pit Barrel Cooker. You can find him at pitbarrelcooker.com and uh, look for that new product that will be coming out here as well, uh, kind of like the, the half-size deal for uh, tailgates and so forth. So when that's ready to come out, you know, hit me up, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll go ahead and get the word out there as well. Also, uh, I guess while I have you on the phone here, Noah, you know, appreciate your service to the country, and you know, happy Veterans Day to you and anybody else that's listening. I know we got some guys in the chat room here that have served as well, so uh, you know, I, I do appreciate your service. It doesn't go... Uh, unnoticed or unvalued here, at least with this host and this show. And, uh, you know, continued success, man. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, well I appreciate it. It's actually uh, Marine Corps' uh, birthday today. And uh, and then, obviously, tomorrow's Veterans Day. So, yeah, I, I, I appreciate, uh, appreciate that and uh, definitely appreciate everyone else's service. It's great to be on your show. We'll, uh, we'll, have, we'll have to make it more more often. So it's always good to come on and um, appreciate Appreciate what you're doing. Yeah, you got it. There he is. No right. Glanville. Pit Barrel Cooker. Pitbarrelcooker.com. Check him out. He's right, man. The price point's great, right? I mean, when we talk about QPR quality price ratio, that might be the textbook definition. All right, in true shithead fashion, I have bumped Danielle Bennett. I secured Lauren Hill from Smoking Hill. <laughs> Sorry, Danielle. What a dick. Chops Power Injector System. The National Barbecue Association 2015 Barbecue Tool of the Year comes in three awesome sizes. Patent pending technology. Not two, but four needles spaced evenly at the perfect distance for even injecting. Comes with three plug screws, so you can use fewer needles or change your spacing to get around those bones. It's versatility. I'm going to break it down. The number one seller is the half gallon Chops Power Injector System, designed for competition or to back up the or to pump up the backyard warrior. So easy to use. Clean it, fill it, pump it, and it's ready to go. If you have just one brisket or pork shoulder, you don't need to fill it all the way up. Just put in what you need. It will use it all. It comes with a 14 gauge needles. Two replacement plastic needle adapters, three plug screws, and a needle protector. 100 bucks plus shipping anywhere. The one-gallon Chops Power Injector System is designed for catering and bigger jobs. It holds double the amount of the half-gallon. Some use it in competitions, like when you're cooking MBN whole hog or maybe doing 10 shoulders to get that perfect one. It comes with 14-gauge needles as well, two replacement plastic needle adapters, three plug screws, and a needle protector for 120 bucks plus shipping anywhere. The newest one, the Chops Full Power Injector System, it's electric. It's the commercial and competition Big Daddy. It's not a holding tank, but a three-and-a-half-foot pickup tube that allows you to put it in any size container. That's right, from a few ounces to a 55-gallon drum. This was originally created for Chef Rob at one of the best barbecue restaurants in Kansas City, and he has said time and time again that with the Chops Full Power Injector System, his briskets are better than ever. It comes with metal needle adapters, 14-gauge needles, Three and a half, I'm sorry, three inch 12 gauge needles, two inch 11 and a half gauge, three plug screws, and a needle protector, 325 bucks plus shipping anywhere. 
A number of the top pitmasters in the world are using the Chuff's Power Injector system every day to make their barbecue better than the rest. The thing is this. We live in a foodie world, right, Centralites? We need flavor in every bite. This is how you do it and do it fast. And it's not just for meat. How about alcohol-infused water and melon? Chops Power Injector System has you there covered. Every injector hand-assembled right here in Kansas City, Missouri. Or there. Extra accessories, they got them. If you want them, you can shoot the big spices. You can shoot the small spices. If you're going to be injecting fatty meats, they do have the ability to provide you with the closed-tip needles so they don't get clogged up. Wow. Chops Power Injector System gives your barbecue some power. BarbecueKansasCity.com. That's B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E, BarbecueKansasCity.com. All right, we're back with the 2015 World Food Champ, Lauren Hill. Stick around. Smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right. Welcome back. 216-220-0966. Uh, once again, I did have uh, Danielle Bennett. I bumped her. Sorry, Danielle. But, man... You know, if I'm if I'm bumping DivaQ, there has to be only one good reason, and that reason is because we race to the hotline for an exclusive interview, fresh off of the proverbial grill, with the 2015 overall World Food Championships Grand Champion, Lauren Hill from the Smoking Hills. Lauren, buddy, what's up? <laughs> Hey, hey, Greg, it's, it's been unbelievable, and actually Cheryl is sitting right here with me, but I got to kind of kind of excuse herself. I mean, we we both had a few cocktails tonight, to say the least. Yeah, well-deserved, <laughs> well I might say, you two. And, you know, so here's the thing. You know, we talked, uh, I mean, I don't even know if it's been a month ago since, uh, you know, we were recapping the win over at the American Royal and how great that was. And now, you know, we look seven days ago, World Food Championship starts. Well, first of all, I can't even believe that the World Food Championship runs seven days. I mean, I haven't been there yet. Um, you know, from your estimation, is this an event that needs to run the course of, of a literal week, or could it be potentially condensed into something that's, you know, a little bit more time manageable for a lot of folks? Well, well, actually, I mean, they, they run so many categories because, you know, there's nine categories here, and each of them do normally two signature dishes on the first round or two dishes on the first round, and then they determine top ten, and then all those people have to compete again. So when you, I mean, I forget how many how many actual judging they had for the nine categories, but it was like something like 40 different contests wow. they had to, had to conduct this week. So that's a lot. I mean, basically, that's it's, it's, yeah. it's a huge amount. I mean, this thing maybe it could go two weeks and it wouldn't be. I mean, who knows? So uh, specifically, the first thing that you have to do to get on the final table is, is win the barbecue category, and whoever wants to answer can answer. 
you're going up a lot against a lot of great teams. A lot of a lot of people are in there to to try their hand at, at trying to land at that final table. A guy that I had on last week on the show, Jim Elser, was trying to you know repeat and get on that final table and, and take barbecue over the top this year. Because, uh, you know, the history of World Food Championship has seen a lot of barbecue pitmasters win World Food Championships, but not in the barbecue category. And Smokin' Hills is the first team to actually do that. So, you know, from an industry standard, I certainly think that is uh, absolutely outrageous and awesome and incredible and all the adjectives that you could use to describe that. But on the actual barbecue day to get to that final table, you know, if you can kind of take a look back and, and take me through the process and, and what you thought of your turn-ins and all that good stuff. Well, and Greg, it's Cheryl, so I'm going to chime in this time. Yeah, please. But I'm going to tell you right now, especially after celebrating all night. <laughs> but um, first of all, we couldn't be here except for all of the barbecue world because, you know, you talked about Smooth Smoke and all those guys. We we came to this contest, just a good contest. That's what we did. We had no extra meat. We had nothing to do beyond winning the barbecue. Wow. And Sweet Smoke stepped up huge. He got us extra meat. I mean, he drove 45 minutes home, drove 45 minutes back. We got us two briskets. It, it, it was just crazy. So you guys literally so, showed up to a competition not thinking that you were potentially going to be cooking another day other than the regular competition? No. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I mean, yeah, I mean, we're not those kind of people. I mean, we've been the world food. This is our third year. And, and I've seen different barbecue teams so worked up, worried what they're going to do for the final table. And it's like, well, you got to get there before you can really worry about it. Right. So, I mean, we, we never think that. And, and you know the barbecue world. Anybody will help you out. When we did make the top ten out in Vegas two years ago, there was people that had pork bellies for us. There was people that had prime uh, ribs for us. It, it, so we kind of knew we could probably find something we could cook. And, and this year, even before then, I knew – a team that did have pork belly and prime rib, but we decided since our two best categories are, are brisket and ribs this year, that that's probably what we'd do for the final table. And like Carol said, sweet smoke. I mean, they had two briskets at home in the in the freezer, two two Snake River Farms. They they gave us six slabs of ribs Saturday night at their spot. And probably the coolest thing was Keelan Stewart and Bruin, uh, she was in the finals on dessert. And he came over and said, tell you what, Lauren, I got a brisket in my trailer. It's yours if you want. Wow. So we're, we're competing against him on the final table, but he's offering me meat to get us to, to, to cook. Lauren Hill and Cheryl Hill talking to me about the big win. Uh, literally, when did they announce the, the winner here tonight? Uh, two hours ago. Wow. I think about two, two and a half, two, 
three hours, somewhere around there. Wow, two hours ago. So uh, Smoking Hill's literally talking to me right after the fact here. This is great. This is this is why I've started the show, to have great interviews like this right after it happened. The only thing that would be better if I was in there in your room sucking down cocktails and, and doing the interview live with you guys. That would be the best. Um, so talk to me about, you know, you, Getting into the final table, so now it's not like you know some other barbecue contest where maybe it's like a, a two-day thing or you have some on-site judging or stuff like this. Not only are you having to make your best barbecue again to get on the final table with a shot to win, but you're going up against all of these other categories that uh, you know aren't necessarily barbecue-related. Uh, barbecue pitmasters have won these other categories to take a, an overall championship, but. You know, what's the mindset going into final table in a hopes to take a WFC overall title? Well, I mean, it, it, it was really interesting because, you know, I know that the first year World Food burn-ins were turned in, the celebrity judges didn't understand really what a true barbecue burn-in was. So, I mean, we actually talked to Mike McLeod and said, we're thinking about doing the burn-ins. And uh, he said, well, he said, I, I, I think I would probably do it because the panel judges are incredible. Yeah. They, they know the barbecue world. And actually, uh, Danielle Bennett, BBQ, yep. was one of the judges. So we knew we had a little bit of barbecue influence there. I'm glad you mentioned her because I was text messaging her during uh, the last couple segments here because, you know, she was, uh, I had her locked in um, to, to give us just in case. I didn't know what you guys were going to be up to. And then as soon as you told me you were going to be able to come on, I unfortunately uh, uh, bounced her and uh, had you guys uh, slotted in here to, to get your take on the win. Uh, but she said that it was uh, a perfect rib, deserved to win, hands down. Perfect balance, perfect smoke, perfect barbecue, truly earned. And while she didn't see all the other judges' scores, they were all in agreement. And as I had said a little bit earlier, barbecue wins the day hands down. So, you know, when you look at your product and what puts you over the top to win compared to all of the other categories, I'm wondering, and if you both want to chime in here separately, I would appreciate your answers. You know, you look back a month ago and we're talking about how you win American Royal Invitational and, and, and you guys are the kings and the queens of the best of the best. How, how do you compare and contrast that win to a World Food Championships overall win? Well, so I'm going to chime in because from, from the American Royal competition, that, that was truly just four categories across the board. They were awesome. And we got lucky enough for the judges to recognize that. But today it was it was us choosing two meets that we wanted to do, and just those were our best categories, and it's all over the place. And for, for Danielle to give us props like that on our ribs, I was worried big time. And she said that, I was just like, what? Yeah, it was kind of funny because she she did four bites out of the rib, two bites out of each side. And and she said out of all the contests, out of everything she's ever done, 
it was the best rib she had, ever had. Wow. But then they started talking about her burn ins and they were talking about, well, did you taste them? They might have been just a little salty. So it kind of put up a big question mark in our minds on, well, did, did the burn ins kill us? I mean, we had given samples out and uh, everybody we gave samples to were just in awe. So, but, you know, we ended up with a score of 92 out of 100. Oh. And, uh, I mean, it was incredible. In fact, when they announced us being the winners, uh, Mike McLeod says, well, you can kind of maybe disregard the, the comments as far as the burn-ins. And, you know, he didn't announce her name. He says, they might have made the comments about the burn-ins, but <laughs> the grand champions are the Smoky Hills. How does this... You know, when, when we talked last month, you said that the American Boy Invitational was, was by far and away, you know, the, the most meaningful championship. And, and I'm sure none of us probably thought a month ahead to the World Food Championships and, and you guys winning that one uh, as well. So it makes it for a wonderful competition. I mean, aside from the great season you guys were just having, now to cap on a Invitational win and now a World Food Championships crown, um, how does this win compare uh, to some of the other ones? Well, I mean, and Greg, it's kind of hard to differentiate between the two. I mean, obviously, when we won the American Royal Invitational, it was all barbecue teams there. This was a little different because, yeah. you know, you got a mix of nine categories of, of different competitors. So we didn't, and, you know, when they when they do the competitions, I mean, with the day break, a lot of the teams had already got pulled out. The majority of the teams had pulled out on Sunday. So if they weren't on the final table, they hit the road. But I, I got to tell you, I mean, you know, as far as just the fact two world championships in a matter of 30 to 40 days, yeah. I mean, the, the feeling is just incredible. You guys, you guys are certainly on a roll. So are, you're done, right? This was this was the last cooker of the of the year for you guys. Uh, actually, I think we might add a one or two more. <laughs> Somebody's feeling a little momentum now. Yeah, two world championships. Yeah, that's right. Um, I mean, what? Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead, please. Oh, I mean, it, you know, I was thinking we're already in Florida. We've got a couple big contests coming up, you know, in a week and a half. Yep. It's like maybe I would just leave the van here because we're cooking out of our Chrysler minivan with the three gateway drums. Uh, and people kind of look at that. And, and I mean, the, the van's got 201,000 miles on it. So wow. it, it's a real fine piece. So I, I figure we're already here. Let's go ahead and just park it at the airport for seven days. I'll fly back down and I'll cook. So it, it's kind of funny because the Florida teams are like, no, really, you don't need to come back down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the welcome has uh, quickly been worn out, right? Yeah, but, but again, Sweet Smoke said, you call me, you tell me what meat, meats you need, I'll have them all there for you. So, I mean, it's the barbecue world. Absolutely. Uh, we're talking with Cheryl and Lauren Hill from the Smoking Hills, they are uh, your 2015 World Food Champions uh, overall. So uh, 
Uh, we will be, when we talk to them next, they will be the reigning 2015 uh, World Food Championships. So, uh, guys, congratulations again. And, and I really appreciate you guys, you know, cutting out a couple minutes here to, to talk about it literally hours after it happened. So, uh, continued success. Enjoy the victory. Uh, tie it on large, proud, and, uh, you know, frequently tonight. And uh, thanks again for coming on. Appreciate it. Okay. Thank you very much, Greg. You got it. Take care. Okay. There they are. Your 2015 World Food Champs overall. Are you kidding me? Wow. What a great get by me. What a great get. Folks, if you didn't know already, Big Papa's is the one-stop online shop for anyone interested in barbecue. The number one dealer of Mac Pellet Grills in the world. Big Papa Smokers features a wide selection of American-made grills and smokers, such as the Old Hickory Ace BP Gateway Drum Smokers. Even a drum kit gives you everything you need to make a world-class smoker out of a 55-gallon drum. Big Papa Smokers has also made a name for itself in recent years by crafting an award-winning line of championship rubs from flavors like Sweet Money to Happy Ending. Their rubs have had a hand in winning almost every major barbecue competition, including the American Royal, the Jack Daniels, the Kingsford Challenges, the Houston Livestock and Rodeos, Kings of the Smoker, all that good stuff. BPS is not pigeonholed either. No, not just in competitive barbecue. BJ's Restaurant Brew House has found that they love BPS rubs because four of the nine BPS rubs are featured on the permanent menu amid glowing reviews. BPS rubs are a proven great addition to anyone's pantry. Big Papa's also banded together with fellow California-based rub company Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form what has now become known as the West Coast Offense. To find conventional wisdom, these two California-based rub makers have cornered the market on competitive barbecue and begun to redefine the flavor profiles that competitive cooks from across the country have begun to aim for. Big Papa's website also features an online meat locker with top-quality meats from Snake River Farms shipped right to your front door. From American Kobe beef, caribou to pork, double R ranch meats, Big Papa's meat locker has something for every type of barbecue aficionado and committed to bringing you the best barbecue flavors on the market. That's why you can buy Swamp Boy sauce, a fine swine sauce, Granny's barbecue sauce. They're all right there, BigPapaSmokers.com. Big Papa also created a unique brand ambassador program called the Beep. What? Oh, you wait a damn. I'm not finished. Sweet. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What did I do? Reject that. Go here. Yeah. Big Papa's has also created a unique brand ambassador program called the BPS Elite Team, featuring 15 of the best competition teams in the country working together to promote camaraderie, competition barbecue, and to benefit children's charities across the U.S. Keep in mind, they're doing this within only five years of being in business, turning the competition barbecue world on its head, providing customers with the very best barbecue products, becoming a staple of a nationwide restaurant chain, and benefiting children's charities across the U.S. Just the beginning for Big Papa Smokers, BigPapaSmokers.com. That's BigPapaSmokers.com. All right, we're back to wrap the show. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. Uh, thanks again to Lauren and Cheryl Hill from the Smoking Hills. 
they just won the World Food Championships. So congratulations to them. Again, huge apologies uh, and for uh, landing Daniel Bennett, promoting Daniel Bennett, and then getting a uh, line from the Smoking Hills who said, look, you know, if we win, I don't know if we're going to be able to make it, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, at 1010, I get a note saying, hey, you know, we can we can come on. We're cleared off. So, Danielle, I apologize. I'll be reaching out to you to, to rebook you if your uh, schedule uh, is able to accommodate the show. And, uh, again, uh, I apologize for that, but... Um, you know, not, not often on this show can you grab a champion hours after the fact and it actually times out or it hasn't been pre-recorded. So that was actually live on this show uh, as it happened. So, all right, let's go ahead and wrap this bad boy up all the way in the first hour. We talked with Meathead Goldwyn from AmazingRibs.com. We talked about spatchcocking. We talked about muffings. We talked about World Health Organizations and cancer-causing red meat, or if it is or if it isn't. In the second hour, we talked with Noah Glanville from pitbarrelcooker.com about his cookers. He is not selling out, by the way. No matter the bags of cash and Brinks trucks you send over. And finally, thanks to Cheryl and Lauren Hill from the Smoking Hills, the 2015 World Food Championships overall grand champ. So uh, they will wear that title for the next 12 months and uh, be back to defend in a year's time, and hopefully uh, myself and others will be down there covering the whole thing live for seven days, or at least four days, starting on the day and moving forward. I'll go seven days. Come on. Come on, Mike. I'll go seven days. You know me. I have chutzpah, charisma, right? September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.